Okay, to rhyme tov, we continue in the second half of the Sefer Bayam Darkecha. Yesterday we finished the first section, which were essays on um, how do we merit to feel the light of Shabbos, and uh, that going through the whole arrangement of Shabbos. The second shar of the book um, gets more into what is the essence of the Kedusha of Shabbos and the pathways of Avoda in that. So there's going to be quite a bit of repetition, but more depth to that, and uh, we'll, we'll just uh, see how far this takes us. So we start with the Psicha, the introduction to this whole second half of the book, on page Reish Chav Ches, and it's called Hatzorech Lahovines Mahusa Shel Shabbos, the need to understand the essence of Shabbos. Subsection Aleph says the following. Again, a lot of things you'll know. We'll go through it quickly. The review is always good, and new ideas come up through the review. Shabbos is a great day that Hashem gave us as a gift to be a sign between us, as it says in Sefer Shmos, between me, Hashem, and the Jewish people. It's an eternal sign. Aside of it being a sign, it also is a blessed day. As it says in the beginning of creation, Hashem blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. So he's so what we need to analyze is what is this idea of Kedusha Shabbos? Hashem sanctified the Shabbos. What does it mean that it's holy? And what's the bracha that is for us? Hashem blessed the Shabbos, sanctified it. And understanding this is very important because the more a person understands something, he knows what the goal of a day is, then he's able to guard it and honor it and fulfill all the halachas with a desire and with a heart to be able to reach that goal and not just from robotic performance of what you do on Shabbos. We have to know what is the goal of the Shabbos. And if we know what the goal of the Shabbos is, then that focuses our attention in that. And the desires of the heart is a very important thing. It's not enough just to externally do the mitzvahs. But Hashem wants us to do the mitzvahs with a yearning of the heart and a desire of the soul, with love and yearning to get close to Hashem. As the Zohar says, Rachmona liba boy. Hashem wants our heart, or as it says in Mishlei, Tinobini libcha li. My son, give your heart to me. Okay, so therefore we have to understand what is this bracha that we're looking for on Shabbos. Section base, he says, and the truth of the matter is, it's true with every mitzvah and every holiday, that in order to do them with heart, you have to make an effort to learn and understand the depths of their content. And certainly the Holy Shabbos, at the fi- besides the fact it is more important than all the other holidays, it's also a gift that we merit each and every week, not just once a year. And therefore, we don't know what the gift is. We don't know how to make use of that gift um, uh, as well. And that's a great loss because it's a gift we get every week. And we don't want to waste that gift every week. Also, the other issue is holidays are like once a year. So there's a, a renewal and there's an excitement, 
right? You haven't eaten matzah in a year. You're excited to eat the matzah, going into sukkah. Even if you're not so clear what the essence is, but the novelty of it is so interesting. But Shabbos is set every week. So how can I get more excited about this Shabbos? I did the same thing last Shabbos. Unless you understand it's, it's great virtues and what the goal is, and therefore we'll understand what kind of service to do to Hashem. And finally, the third subsection, he says, therefore, he says, I call to my brothers and my beloved and those who seek Hashem with all their heart to strengthen yourself, to search, to understand what is the inner essence of this great gift and the way we work at achieving, at, at receiving this gift, everyone according to their level. And therefore, we'll merit to value the gift, look forward to it truthfully, prepare ourselves properly, and in that merit, Hashem will illuminate us with this great light as is fitting. Because everyone is able to merit and be on fire with the fire of Shabbos. You just need to know the tools for it. And the first thing is to recognize the essence of the light of Shabbos. And from that, we could see what the inner avoda is that's connected to that light. So that's that little introductory part. We now move on to Perak Aleph, the first chapter that is called Shabbos Emuna. So subsection Aleph, we're on page Reish Lamed. <clears throat> Defining the essence of Shabbos is that the Shabbos Kodesh is the day in which the light of Hashem reveals itself into the world without any concealment. That's the simple definition of the light of Shabbos. And this light reveals itself to us in clarity, the simple truth that ain't od novado, there's nothing else but Hashem. And when that light of Hashem illuminates without any concealment, it clarifies to us that there is no reality to the world, an independent existence, but it is all the light of Hashem which sustains and uh, keeps everything uh, existing. And therefore, once you know that, the next point is there's no power and no intermediary of nature. There's no power in the creatures that can help or hurt. But everything is done according to the will of Hashem and all the creatures are only messengers of Hashem and the tools to reveal His light. And therefore we move on to the second point is, and therefore we are commanded to rest from work on Shabbos because when this truth is revealed, then we see there's no need and no reason to make any efforts in any work because Hashem is doing everything anyway. Once you're in that reality of Shabbos, and if God forbid a person does malacha on Shabbos, he's making it appear as if he thinks like the falseness of the klipos, that every moment they're trying to seduce us and to make us err, as if God forbid there is nature. And even though during the weeks, yes, we have to make some hishtadlu, some effort, that's because Hashem wants there should be a certain degree of concealment during the weekdays. And it should appear as if things are working naturally. And that is part of our test to see if we'll remember that everything comes from Hashem or we're going to make a mistake and think that everything comes from nature and think that our effort really makes a difference. That is the testing ground of the six days of the week. 
So therefore, during the six days of the week, we have to at least externally uh, contribute a little bit to the concealment and we're, by being commanded to make effort and make it appear as if our actions do cause things to happen. But our, our goal is to remain very strong with the true Amun and to remember that everything really is by God's decree and the effort does not help at all. And then footnote Kuf Ayin Hey, the author draws our attention to the famous 21st chapter in Mesilis Yasharim that quoting on the Pasuk, Yashlich Yehovah al Hashem Lagamri, or rather what he's saying, not the Pasuk. One should cast his burden on Hashem totally. Why? When a person realizes that it's impossible for a person to lose that which has been set aside to him by Hashem. As the Gemara in Be'ah says, all of a person's sustenance is decided on Rosh Hashanah. And it also says in Yuma, nobody touches and takes what's prepared for another person, even a hair's breadth. And the Mesosher continues. And really, the truth of the matter is, a person could sit and do nothing. And the decree would come true and he would get what he needs if it wasn't for the fact that God penalized mankind with the curse of by the sweat of your brow you will eat bread. Now that that curse has happened, a person is obligated to make some efforts for Parnassah because that's the decree of Hashem. It's like a tax that you pay everyone in the country that you can't escape from. Just like I said, two things are sure in life, death and taxes. And we could say one more thing, making effort for Parnassah. You cannot escape that. And that's why the Yalkut Shimoni quotes it and says that a person could really sit and do nothing. You might think that, but then the Pasuk says, from everything you do by sending your hand. But the Rav clearly says, but the effort will not help. The effort is necessary. And once you've made the effort, you've fulfilled your obligation. And now there's a place for the blessing to rest upon. But you don't got to spend your whole life making so much effort. And that's what David HaMelech says, uh, that... Uh, various psukim expressing this idea or Shlomo Melech says don't wear yourself out to become rich stop relying on your intellect when it comes to Parnassah and therefore the Mesilasharim concludes the true path of the early Hasidim were to make their Torah the primary uh, pursuit and their work supplementary and once you do both they both stay with you because since you're doing a little bit of work therefore you can now trust Hashem, and not to pain yourself on anything over this world. That is all quoting now that that was the Mesil Shisharm. So once you clearly know it comes from Hashem, okay, so during the week, okay, there's a decree, there's a tax, it's a curse, but only a little bit you do that. And of course, that could confuse you. Maybe your efforts are doing something. But on Shabbos, you can't leave any place, any importance for nature and work, that there should be no grasp of the klipas and the concealments on the day when Hashem is revealing Himself on the Shabbos Kodesh, where the true light illuminates without any concealment. And this is the inner effort of Shabbos, 
to illuminate our souls with the light of Shabbos and to recognize the truth of God's reality without any concealment and coverings. And from that power to believe and trust in Hashem truly and to live life with that clear feeling of the reality of Hashem and the clear recognition that He's doing everything and there's nothing outside of Him. And therefore He says, not only certain things a Jew is not allowed to do, but he shouldn't even have certain conduct on Shabbos unless it's based on this clear emunah. Okay? And therefore, even things that are allowed to be done on Shabbos. But uh, you got to be careful. You have to do them in a way that every action you do on Shabbos announces that this day is a day of true rest and faith, and therefore it'll be true, it'll be rest of peace, tranquility, and uh, security. Every, it's not just a question of not doing the 39 prohibited activities, but to behave as if you're calm and relaxed. Is there an Avera to not be calm? It's not an Avera. But if you really are living in that reality, you should be totally calm, nothing to be worried about, nothing to be concerned, because if you grasp that truth, it would be lunacy to be upset or worried and concerned about certain things. Third subsection, as we get to the end of page, Reish Lamed Aleph, it says, this truth that the light of Hashem gives existence to everything and there's nothing else but Hashem, this is a constant truth. It's not just a truth on Shabbos, it's a truth 24-7, 365. But the problem is, during the weekday, that clear truth is concealed from the eyes of creatures, and there's tests in Amuna, and tests to leave cleaving to Hashem, and there's tests to go after the vanities, lustful vanities, and other physical things, because during the weekday, the Klippas are making every effort to conceal the truth and to conceal Hashem, that we shouldn't pay attention. He's the one who sustains us and that he created everything. And the Klippas are trying to cause people to think as if, God forbid, there is a reality and strength powers outside of Hashem. And in footnote, Kuf Ayin Vav, he says, and this mistake causes people to fall into Veros and to Tivas. Because if it appears to a person that there's something good in the tithes of the world, he's going to go after them. If you think a certain tithe is good, you have a natural instinct to want what's good, you're going to run after that. But if he merits to remember that ain't old Novato, there's nothing but a ship. And he realizes it's not worthwhile to go after the tithes of your Yetzirah because it's all illusion and lies. As Shlomo Melech told us, don't stray after what's so tasty because it's just food that's going to disappoint you. And now he asks the question in the footnote, Kuvayinvov. So why are the lusts of the Yetzer so uh, disappointing to us? Because the truth of the matter is the answers. There's no power or good outside of Hashem. Nothing but Hashem is good. And therefore, if you only go after the will of Hashem, it's going to be good. It's not possible from an Avera, in the long run, something's going to be truly good and pleasurable for a person. And whatever appears to be otherwise, that it looks like this is going to be great if I do this, this is not according to Hashem's will, that's only a huge mistake.
And therefore, this mistake brings a person to conduct himself within the realm of nature. And that's where you make extra efforts because you're concerned and you have pressure. You forget that everything's in Hashem's hand and He's doing everything and there's no benefit from excessive efforts and there's really nothing to be afraid of because no one has the power to hurt you or to help you. And all the creatures are just messengers of Hashem and Hashem is doing everything. And therefore, the reason why a person forgets the truth and falls into this mistake is because of this concealment. Because the infinite light is covered, the reality of Hashem is disappears, and then consequently, foolishness, without any depths, appears that, oh, everything runs by nature. And there's an independent force that people can do things. That's the problem during the week. <coughs> Therefore, on Shabbos Kodesh, when the truth illuminates and we receive this seichel, the intellect and the light, to understand that there's nothing outside of the light of Hashem. Because as soon as the infinite light reveals itself, then it's clear and obvious that everything is only Hashem. And therefore, your Ramuna will be clear. And we will see how the entire creation is only a tool to reveal the light of Hashem and that and how there's no power to nature. Creatures have no independent power. And whatever appears to be that isn't theirs, but it's Hashem that illuminates through them, reveals his life in their ways, and they are like conduits for the light. And from the power of that reality that's revealed on Shabbos, we're able to continue living this way during the six days of the week, even though things are concealed. And therefore in Dalit, he says, to conclude this little part, Shabbos is the day where Hashem's light is revealed with complete clarity. And on this day, Hashem elevates us to Him to live in that true world of His, a world of definite emuna, a world that only has Hashem without any concealments and confusions. And that light of Shabbos illuminates the entire week to live all the days with that truth. Now, Section Hey, on page Reish Lamed Gimel, and he puts it as a nun base, a postscript. He says, so we've explained that Shabbos strengthens our Amuna. Now, he's getting into a little bit about Amuna, and that's going to take us moving into the next chapter as well. He says, Shabbos strengthens our Amuna. And what is Amuna? So now he's going to come back to some basic definitions. Amuna is a feeling and a knowledge of your holy soul. Because the soul is able to feel things beyond what the seichel, what human seichel and understanding can understand. Human seichel is limited to the capacity of the brain. But the soul is divine. It can recognize truth that's beyond the intellect of humans that is limited. So even though seichel and feelings are indeed, as says in footnote Kufai and Zion, tools to bring Amuna into this low world, and really a human being can understand certain things with Amuna, but there comes to a point where you can't bring it all into the brains. And there's only a limited amount, and it's not a deficiency of the brains, 
But now this becomes the area of the virtues of the soul that can grasp and feel things much more subtly and loftier beyond what the seichel can understand. In other words, your human mind, your physical human mind can only understand so much that it can retain. But your neshama can pick up where the brain ceases. And that's why emuna is a feeling of the soul where it's beyond understanding. Now that's got to come with certain gifts as we shall see. And therefore, emuna is the strongest thing because it's coming from the holiness of the soul. The great power of the Jewish soul because it's so spiritual. It's a chelak eloka mimal mamish. It's a portion of God on high. Mamish. So therefore, it can feel things that are concealed and things that are beyond what human cycle can understand. So Emuna really is touching on an area that's beyond what regular people can have. A regular person logically can only have so much Emuna. And certain things that transcend logic, they mind the regular physical human mind cannot understand. Only the neshama that's part of God can understand this and picks up where you're limited. And in footnote, Kuf Ayin Ches, he says, so why do we find people with a deficiency in Amuna? Well, what does that show us? It shows us a reality that we are severed from the divine truth. Because since Amuna is an inner connection to the truth of Hashem, and if a person doesn't have that Amunah, either it's because he doesn't have a divine soul, and we'll, as we'll see in a minute, that's going to be a goy, and his value is like uh, a living being, like an animal, animalistic, that's not capable of grasping inner concepts, because a lack of Amunah is a lack of the understanding of the Neshama. So when a person doesn't believe, that just shows us he doesn't have a holy soul from the descendants of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. He has no portion of the world to come, which is the place of the holy souls and a place where the Amuna is revealed in the greatest way. Or the other option, if he doesn't have strong Amuna, maybe he has a holy soul, but he's concealed it with Tumah. And therefore, we got to be very careful to guard ourselves not to blemish the Amuna. Because if the soul falls into the Klippus, let's say by seeing or eating things we should not be seeing or eating, then the Amuna will get blemished because the soul now gets concealed with the Klippus. And therefore, the person will not succeed in feeling these ideas of Amuna and his heart will be sealed, God forbid. So very important point that we are bringing up. Emuna is a function of the neshama. Real emuna is a function of the neshama. The part of the neshama that transcends what the human being can comprehend. And therefore, if you're not Jewish, you'll never have that emuna. If you are Jewish, but you've gotten involved with so much tumah, then the soul is being concealed by the klipos, and you're still not going to have that emuna. So the question is then, we got to remove the klipus. So therefore, coming back to the main text, 
Then we see that a Jew, for instance, Jews are often prepared to give their lives up for the Amun and Hashem. And that's beyond logic. It's not logical for a person to give up his life. So where does that come from? It comes from the power of the Neshama that has a clarity of what the true reality of Hashem is. And that's why footnote Kuf Ayin says that Jews are called Maminim B'nai Maminim, believers, the children of believers. Meaning to say that Jews are born with Emuna. I, if we're saying Emuna is an understanding, how can you say a child is born with Emuna? We're Maminim B'nai Maminim. We're believers, children of believers. That means we're born as believers. How can you be born with that? The answer is because the Amuna is the knowledge of the divine soul that recognizes that true spirituality and that essence of Hashem that's connected and that you're born with that. That chelak elokani mal mamish, you're born with it, so you're born with Amuna that's there. The only question is do you conceal it? Conceal it. So therefore, when a person grows up, he has to be careful to strengthen and keep what he has, to pay attention to his soul, not to strangle it with uh, deep ideas or going after nature or various, God forbid. And the, as long as a person lives with holiness and amuna, he will feel vibrant, alive, feel the clarity of the light of his soul and will recognize the reality of Hashem. So it comes out like this. A Jew is born with a beautiful soul and without any clepus. So what happens? Well, I guess, you know, there's a word called, pardon the pun, you know, we get, some call it acclimated, I call it acclipated. You get acclimated to the clepus or acclipated. We get used to the clepus. If a child from the first breath he takes is, is fed genuine amuna, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that that's what he will see. But we start lying to our children. We start showing our children, we make so much effort and we don't rely on Hashem, we don't speak about Hashem. So the kid now, we're just feeding them klipas. So we start off, the children start off great, it's the parents or the environment, let's say, that takes them off that course. So now, back upstairs. So therefore, on the Shabbos, which is a day of the of revelation of Amuna, that was given only to the Jews. Let's go back to what we started with today. Between me, Hashem, and the Jewish people, it is an eternal sign. And there were the Gemara and Sanhedrin says, Goyish Shabbos Chayiv Misa, non-Jew who keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa. So now the question is, wait a minute. Wait, that's a very difficult thing. Why Why is a Goy who keeps Shabbos Chayim Misa? If Shabbos is teaching us about Amuna, so why can't the non-Jew rest? Aren't Goyim commanded to believe in Hashem? After all, a Goy, one of the seven mitzvahs, is not to worship idols. So what's the idea? Why is it so bad for a Goy to keep Shabbos? What's so bad? So he explains on page Reish Lamed Dalit. He says the concept is because Emuna is an inner aspect. 
that can only be comprehended through a neshama. And only a Jew has a neshama kadosha. Only a Jew are my meaning, b'nai my meaning. And they can recognize this truth to its depths. They can recognize the unity of Hashem in truth. Even though it's beyond their seichel and beyond their human grasp. That's what a Jew can get on Shabbos. Because you got that neshama that it's got the antenna to get this. But a goy, okay, even though they're commanded not to be fools, what does that mean? By not worshiping idols. Worshiping idols is not a question of a moon, it's foolishness. To believe that an idol is going to give you something, that's foolishness. They're commanded not to be fools. But they don't have the power to believe in Hashem with all their depths. And although they are capable of overcoming their desires not to worship idols, and they're commanded not to believe that there's another per entity running the world, but they have no possibility of grasping the infinite light of Hashem and that unity that Hashem brings into the world, that Hashem gives existence to everything in the true depths, that all that is the light of Hashem and nothing is outside Hashem. <coughs> a goy is not able to achieve that. He cannot he cannot get that idea. So now the question is, so what's he spending a whole day doing nothing? So he spends a whole day not working. Now a Jew, you see, what we're supposed to be doing on Shabbos is serious work in terms of opening up ourselves to receive that light that our neshama is capable of processing. So it's a very active process on Shabbos where we're really accomplishing something. We're not sitting around wasting our time. What's the Goy going to do on Shabbos? He's not going to work. Okay, fine. What does a Jew do when he doesn't work? Generally, he gets in trouble. Generally, he gets in trouble. He's going to do all kinds of problems. He's going to get himself, you know, you're heading down a path of having all this idle time, which only brings terrible things in its wake. The Goy has no potential. What does the Goy, what do the Goy do? They have their own shops. It's called the weekend. The Christians had Sunday. The Muslims had Friday. So what do they do on those days? Well, they're, they're, they're wasting their time. Even though it's a different day. And there's the, there's Bechlal no Shabbos energies. But if a Goy is going to try to Shabbos, he's not going to succeed with that either. Okay, he does not fully explain why he's high of Misa. He's just saying that uh, that he's it, it won't help. You know, it's interesting. The Jew is Machal Shabbos. He's high of Misa. So there's high of Misa because if a court warns him, witnesses warn him, he'll get killed. But I think the deeper shot is the Jew works on Shabbos. He's high of Misa. He's killing his soul. His soul just has no ability to grasp onto higher realities. That's really what it is. Rishayim, even in their lifetimes, they're chayif nisa. A goy is meant to do what he's meant to do. And what he's meant to do is to work seven days a week. If he doesn't work seven days a week, now he's not being productive and he's living in that reality as well. All right, that finishes the first chapter. And the second chapter, tomorrow, Mitzvah Hashem, is the inner work of Shabbos, which is... Dvekus. Okay. Thank you, Take Thank care, you. everybody. Sai Gazunt.